Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're going to stay in here today, but happy Easter once again. How many of you guys excited to be in church this morning? Come on, what a great day. Uh, you know, we, um, we just decided to make it our focus uh, this Easter. Uh, we just said, man, we're going to make it all about Jesus. And so we've, uh, and it should be, right? Uh, but uh, we just, man, went intentional. And so uh, we didn't do a lot of crazy things for Easter like we have in the past. Um, we've done crazy stuff. We've done Easter egg hunts. We've done, you know, uh, big ones, you know. We've done different stuff. We thought, man, let's just just settle down and let's just focus on Jesus because that's what Easter is about. But, but that being said, we did do a couple of things, all right? And so as you're walking out, you might see the Easter bunny out there, all right? Now, don't judge me, okay? And uh, we, you know, might see the Easter bunny out there. And so if you want to grab the Easter bunny with your children, don't physically grab the Easter bunny. We figured this. Come on, Jesus created bunnies, right? Come on, somebody. Come on. And so it's okay. It's biblical. And so there's some bunnies hopping around, well, one bunny hopping around out there. And if you want to get pictures, awesome. Do that. Have fun. Um, but also one other thing. We just wanted to have some fun. Uh, underneath one of your seats, there is a $100 bill. Right underneath one of your seats, there's a $100 bill. It might be under, just April Fool's, just kidding. There's no, um, we, what? Come on, we like to have fun in church. And uh, somebody's still looking. You know somebody's still looking right now. Like, that's gotta be there. And my own wife was looking. She's like, really? Uh, no, we have no money under your seat. All right, uh, April Fool's, man. What a great day, though. We're so glad you're here. And uh, we're celebrating Easter. We're celebrating Resurrection Sunday. Um, whatever you, d- you decide to call it, we're celebrating the fact that Jesus Christ is risen from the grave and that because of that, come on, as church, as Christians, come on, we can rise up and have a brand new life. Amen? And uh, so, so glad that you would be here uh, celebrating uh, that with us today. Uh, you know, I, I try to describe it like this because I understand there's, uh, you know, obviously a lot of normal Canvas church every week attenders here, but then there's a lot of people uh, here today and you're just in discovery mode and just checking this thing out and what's this all about. And, uh, and so I describe Easter like that. It is like the 4th of July for believers. It is the 4th of July for believers. Come on, y'all know the 4th of July, right? It's not just a day where we blow stuff up, right? And then there's light in the sky. No, we're celebrating our independence as a nation, right? Well, Easter is that for all the believers. We are celebrating the fact that we found freedom in Christ Jesus because the Bible says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And so Easter is, man, although we can celebrate that every day, man, Easter is that moment we just pause and say, man, this is it, man. This is the Independence Day for believers. So, so glad that you'd be here with us uh, this morning. Wasn't worship epic today? Come on. Now, if you, if you, if you kind of trickled in a little bit late, you missed it. Uh, there was this incredible drum line right here, and it was epic, man. And the first service, I said, if you missed it, you could stick around, and so some of them did. Second service, sorry, you missed it. Um, and it was really awesome. Uh, but man, the worship team crushed it today, right? Come on, all the way from the audio visual, all the way up here. And you might be looking at that saying, man, that looks like so much fun, and I want to be a part of that. Here's the great news. You can be a part of it. And uh, matter of fact, the first Thursday of every single month, we do a thing called First Thursday. See how creative we were there? See what we did? And so it's on the first Thursday of every month, and it's from 7 to 9 o'clock at the Ministry Team Center. And if you are interested in being involved in worship, whether that's video, audio, tech, whether that's up here, uh, come on, how many of you guys were in an air band in high school? Come on. All right, you, you're welcome to come. All right, how many of you guys sing in the shower and pretend that shower head is your mic? Come on, be honest with me. 
All right, this is your moment, all right? First Thursday is for you, and we want you to head out there, check it out. It's a great introduction where you'll discover more about the worship team and get introduced to uh, Jeff and Christy and others, and uh, just find out. So we'd love for you to check that out if you wanna do that this coming Thursday night. But grab your Bibles today. Um, We are uh, beginning a new series entitled It's All About Jesus. We figure what a great Sunday to do that, Easter Sunday. And uh, so Colossians chapter two, we're going to a New Testament book. And whether you have a digital or a paper one, I bring both up here because I like the feel of the paper one, but the older I get, I can't read it. Come on. And I don't want to get more glasses. And so um, I got the digital one up here as well because you can just expand it and shrink it and it glows at me. It's awesome. So Colossians chapter two, and uh, we're going to read verses eight through 15. And a couple of things, and we'll set this up more next week, but a couple of things you need to understand uh, about what's taking place here is there's a guy named Paul. Uh, Paul actually goes on to write a lot of the books of the New Testament. He's known as the great apostle Paul, and he's the one that's actually writing this portion of scripture. Uh, It wasn't a book back then to him. It was a letter he was writing uh, to the believers. And I wanna highlight that, that this this, uh, book right here, this letter was written to believers. So these are people that know, you know, have been introduced to Christ and are are walking a life trying to be worthy of that. And so he writes to them, and, and he writes because, they're beginning to take their eyes off of uh, the, the, the essential. They're beginning to take their eyes off the important, which is Jesus, and they're being, beginning to get distracted by other ideas and ways of living life. And so uh, Paul hears about this, and we don't know exactly what got back to Paul, but Paul hears about this, and so he writes this letter to them to encourage them to stay focused on the essential, and that is, that is Jesus. And so we'll talk more about that, but that kind of sets it up, specifically this portion we're going to read, which is such a great portion for Easter today, uh, that we're going to read, read, he's reminding the people that Christ is in control and don't be sucked in to other things. So Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 8, and he says, be careful. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, you know, that grabs your interest right there. What am I supposed to be careful of, right? Be careful that no one takes you captive. Now, now what, what the writer Paul does here is he uses a term, captive, that actually is a military term um, that would be used if you are in a war and you're fighting against an opposing force and, 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 the, and the general says, hey guys, don't be taken captive. In other words, don't be controlled by them, all right? Don't surrender whatever you do. Don't be taken captive, okay? And so he lays it out. The imagery here is there's an opposing force coming against you as a believer, and don't be taken captive by the opposing force. And then he begins to go on and say what that opposing force is. Through philosophy and empty deceit, based on human tradition, Or it could be based on the elemental forces, meaning the spiritual forces of the world. And so he says, hey, this is the the thing that could take you captive. It's philosophy or or empty deceit. And it could come from man or it could come from a spiritual force. And listen to what he says next. Don't be taken captive that of the world and not based on Christ. In other words, he writes this. Hey, guys, these things can take you captive. Don't focus on that. I want you to focus on Jesus. I want you to focus on Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. And you have been filled by him. Did you hear that? The writer says, hey, don't be captivated by these things. Um, Keep your eyes on Jesus 
And in case you forgot who Jesus is, he's the one that embodies all of God in the flesh on earth. And in case you forgot this, Jesus has filled you. Are you hearing that? It's powerful. Here it is, and he's, he's filled you. Who is the head over every ruler and authority? You were also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done with hands. Another says, hold on a second. You were circumcised. I know I just used a word that you might not like. So I want you to know something. I'm not talking about natural circumcision, one that was done with hands, and everybody said, thank you, Jesus. Right? Not done with hands. By putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of the Messiah. He begins to bring it back to a spiritual thing here. It's not about what was done with hands and natural. No, it's, a, it's an inner thing, one that's being done by the Messiah. Having been buried, here's how it takes place, having been buried with him in baptism. What, what, what is the writer Paul saying here? He's saying, here's how this happens. We're not talking about a natural circumcision. Now, now catch this. We're talking about a very spiritual thing. And remember, believers, this is how it happens. It happens as you are water baptized. And so Paul actually talks about water, we're actually doing water baptisms at the end of this month. And so if you've never been water baptized, we'd love for you to get signed up, and that's easy to do. Just text baptism to 858-943-2221. Infomercial over, okay. He's talking about baptism, literally water baptism. And he says, hey guys, when you were baptized, you are signifying your life with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. It's water baptism. You're also raised with him through faith in the working of God. I love that because he reminds them that, guys, look, it's not about your work. It's about his work. It's about what he does. Who raised him, Jesus, from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him. Listen to what he says there. It's not because you got baptized that you're saved. It's not because of circumcision that you were saved. No, no, he looked down and he saved you because he loved you. The other is just an outflow of what God's already doing in our life. There is nothing you can do to win God's approval. There is nothing you can do to get acceptance from Jesus. He accepts you because he created you and he loves you unconditionally. That's what he's saying here. And when you were dead in your trespasses, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave all our trespasses. He's reminding the believers. Why did he have to remind the believers? Because as believers, we tend to give in to philosophy and empty deceit. And he comes to bring the focus back. Now listen to how he does it. This is how he forgave our trespasses. This is the gospel right here. Verse 14. He erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed us. And he has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. Listen. This is the gospel right here in its essence. Listen, he didn't just say, hey guys, I know you sinned, big eraser, don't worry about it. He did that, but he did so much more than that. 
He came and he said, because of my son Jesus being nailed to the cross, not only have I taken a big eraser and taken away the sin that you committed, I've also taken away that which was obligated to you because of the sin. And what is that obligation? That is death. And in Jesus, not only was sin erased, but in Jesus, the obligation, the debt of death was paid once and for all. Isn't that awesome? Aren't you thankful for that today? And he's writing, believers, do you remember that? Jesus took it away. It opposed you. But he not only just erased the sin, thank you, Jesus, but then he took away the requirement of that sin, which was death. And he said, you don't need to pay that any longer. That is a good heavenly father right there. You don't need to pay that debt. Not only did I make that sin just as it have never occurred, I've also taken away the fact that there is an obligation to pay that debt. I'm gonna pay that as well. But it gets even better. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them by Jesus, as if it wasn't enough that through the cross of Jesus Christ, that he would come with a big eraser and erase all of the sins that ever were committed and erase all the sins that ever will be committed. It wasn't enough that he did that, that he also took the obligation, the certificate that says you owe this and it is your life, and he took that upon himself. He took it a step further because although he was crucified three days ago, come on, he rose from the grave and he made an absolute humility out of the enemy, out of principalities and powers. And in that moment, he said, not only did I erase the sin, not only did I take the death penalty, I made it so you don't have to walk enslaved to those sins or those iniquities any longer. Because he triumphed over it. And he filled us with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we could walk free from sin. But be careful, church. That no one takes you captive by philosophies and empty deceit. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. And Lord, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, celebrating the greatest one to ever walk the face of the earth, Jesus Christ, that as we celebrate you, that we would remember today your life and your work, and what it means to us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, 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 amen. How many of you guys give me 10 more minutes? Come on, just to finish out this message. Anybody, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. We've got 60 more minutes. Here we go. It never gets old. Have you ever been in that place before where, where you, are, you, you have a goal? Has anybody ever set a goal for themselves in life? Well, okay, two of you, we'll pray for you. Goals are good. You have that goal, right? Like, like there's something you want to accomplish. It's, it's the target. It's what you're shooting for. It, it could be like a, a benchmark in your life. It could be, I want to buy a house one day. And so you have this house idea in front of you, and so you're shooting for that. It could be, I want to get married someday. And so you have this marriage goal in front of you, and so you're, you're shooting. It could be like, I want to get my master's. or I want. And so you have this goal, and you're shooting for that goal, right? It could be like, you know, by the end of the year, you know, I want to have $10,000 in my account. And then all of a sudden, October rolls around, you look and you have $1,200 in your account. 
And so you change it to a new goal and say, I hope I have $1,000 in my account by the end of right? But here's what happens. You have a goal, and you shoot for that goal. And in the process of going for that goal, it, like, like sometimes, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, misinformed, you didn't get the right information, or, or maybe it just got too hard to get there. Here's what happens often as we're shooting for the goal. Because things get too difficult or too hard or just our eyes begin to move off of it, all of a sudden we begin to settle for something else. Right? Like, like I'm going to get me a house. And then, you know, 10 years later, you're like, ah, you know what? I think renting uh, the basement of my parents is totally fine. You had this goal, and somewhere along the way, man, you get disenchanted or you, 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 lose, you lose focus. You, this happened to us, actually. Uh, this happened to us on, on Good Friday. Um, someone uh, who remained unnamed, Faith, thought it was a good idea for us to go on a hike on Good Friday. Now, I don't, I don't mind hikes. I like hikes. I like, I like the result of the hike when you can get up there and you can see out and like, wow, look at the view. That's awesome. And, and so she's been wanting forever, and so is my other daughter, and wanting forever to go hike up Mount Woodson to Potato Chip Rock. Has anybody hiked up to Potato Chip Rock? Yeah, like five of you, and there's probably a reason why. And, and because it's four miles in and it's four miles back. And in case you're not very good at math, that's eight miles. Okay. Now, if, if you don't hike very often and you hike like once every five years, going on an eight-mile hike, not smart, okay? I'm telling you right now, you can go to the gym and lift weights all you want. You start hiking like, I never knew I had those muscles before. And apparently, they were very small muscles because now they're in great pain, right? Like, we start on this hike and and we thought, you know, it's a good idea. I'm mean, going on a hike. I mean, we could kind of use this to commemorate Good Friday. I mean, Jesus, he walked up the hill of Golgotha, right? And so I'm telling the girls, hey, this is good, good idea. Like, we can do this hike. And so I got each of them crosses to carry up. Just kidding, I do that part. But it would have been a really cool idea, four miles. They're like, Dad, I hate you. And I'm like, remember Jesus. <laughs> right? So we didn't do the cross thing, but we did go on the hike. And we're hiking, and man, it is, it is like, it is up, man. It is not a, a, like a nice, gentle slope. It is up. And, um, and so if you see me stumbling around today, it's because I'm in pain. So we're going up, and we get up, we turn around like, oh, that's beautiful. And then we see a mile marker, like we've only walked a mile. Oh, dear Heavenly Father. We go a little farther, and it's like, what's that one say? 1.5 miles. We quickly learned that they put a mile marker every half a mile. So we get up to this one area, and it is like there's this massive rock, and it's got this incredible view, and I'm trying to think somehow, can I, can I, can I somehow get my children to believe that that's potato chip rock? It looks nothing, it's like boulder rock. There's nothing potato chip about it, but I'm like, man, can I chisel it real quick? What can we do here? Like, I don't want to walk any further, but I'm not about to admit that to my Kids, are you with me? So we get there and we find ourselves resting and drinking some water. I'm like, kids, isn't the view amazing? Let's take pictures. We start taking pictures. Now, one of my daughters wasn't feeling well. Her nose was completely plugged. So the whole way up, she's like, <laughs> she sounded like Darth Vader. <laughs> I felt so bad for her and so did my wife. And so the mom side started kicking in. I was like, we just need to call it. And you could just see the faces of the kids like start to droop. And inside, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. 
true story. And we found ourselves in that moment. We had about another uh, 1.2 miles left. And I found myself in that moment, along with everybody else, reasoning why this should be the stopping point. Like, hey, the view is good here. I mean, it can't be that much better another mile and point two up, right? Like, I mean, look, you can see it's good. It's, I mean, it's not a potato chip, but it works. And we, we, literally, we literally were this close to just calling it quits. And literally, we were. And, and my youngest daughter was like skidding so mad. She's like, Dad, no, we can't. And I'm like, okay. And so somehow we mustered up some strength, and we made it all the way to Potato Chip Rock. And we get up there, and man, it is beautiful. Now, to top things off, we chose the hottest part of the day. We made the hike from 11.30 to 4 (laughs) o'clock. Brilliant. And we get up there, and all of a sudden, we're looked, and we're just amazed because the view is amazing. I mean, you can see all the way to downtown and La Jolla and Oceanside, and if you turn this way, you can see Ramona, and I don't even know what that was over there, but you could see it. And it was gorgeous, it was beautiful. It was like, this is amazing, girls, take it all in. And they're like, yeah, but dad, we wanna get our picture on the rock. And I'm like, why? And they're like, cause this is a once in a lifetime experience. And I'm like, why? And they're like, cause we're never doing this again. <laughs> True story. And I'm like, okay, let's get our picture. And we look and there's literally a long line of people waiting to get on the rock. And I'm like, oh dear God. But inside I'm like, sweet, rest time, right? So they take their, their picture on the rock, and, and it literally took 45 minutes. Why? Because everybody did like seven different poses. Not my kids. I said, you're doing one pose. We're doing one picture. We're out. But literally, people are like doing prom pictures or something. I'm like, are you kidding me? What's happening right now? One person, I kid you not, literally stood in front with a potato chip in their hand. <laughs> it's a true story. Taking selfies with potato. I was just like, are you kidding me? Right Unbelievable. But let me tell you, we made it all. We almost gave in. We almost called it quits. We were reasoning inside of ourselves, thinking of all the reasons why this can be, this can be the final destination. This, I mean, come on, this is a great view. But once we got to the top, man, it trumped everything, and it was worth the hike, and it was worth the wait. Here in the writing, Paul is saying to the believers, guys, don't settle for something other than Jesus. Don't settle. You're going to find yourselves in this spiritual journey, and in moments you're going to want to trade in that for something else. Don't do it. Don't let it hold you captive. Keep focusing on Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 that for the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross. We did not endure that hike because we enjoy hiking. We we endured that hike because there was a reward at the end. Listen to me. Jesus Christ did not endure the cross for the joy of the cross, for the joy of the pain, for the joy of the stripes that he took on his back for our healing. He did not endure the cross for that. He endured the cross for the joy that was set on the other side of it, and the joy that was set on the other side of it was you. It's you. It's you. He says, man, there's something on the other side of this, and so I'm going to endure this because I saw your face and your face and your face and your face, and I knew that you were going to be walking through something, and you would need my grace, for my grace is sufficient for you in every area of your life. He says, church, don't be taken captive. Don't, don't, Don't be held 
in bondage. And then he says, let me just tell you what the bondage is. Let me just tell you what takes us captives as, as believers often. Listen to it now. Listen, the reason he had to write this is because it happens. It happens to us. It happens to Christ. I said, don't be taken captive. Here they are. Don't be taken captive by philosophies. What, what are philosophies? It's earthly wisdom, good ideas, or advice. Don't, don't be taken captive. Listen, I, I promise you, for those of you who are just checking us out for the first time, I promise you I will never stand here and give you good advice. I will never stand up here and give you manly wisdom. I'll never stand up here and just say, hey, here's a good thought. I will stand up here every time and say, here's what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible says. He says, don't be given to earthly wisdom, good ideas. Don't, don't, don't do it. And yet sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes when you're talking with somebody, maybe you just need to find a, a way to repackage it, but sometimes when you're talking to someone, it's so easy just to slip in some good advice. But he's saying, hey, man, we, we can't be taken away by that. We can't be locked up by We can't be captive by that. We need to give them Jesus. Don't, 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 don't be taken captive by philosophies. Then he says this, don't be taken captive by deceit or high-sounding nonsense. This is what it is, deceit. It's high-sounding nonsense. It literally means, as you studied out, it means don't be taken captive by traditions of men. Don't be taken captives by traditions of men. Mark 7, 13 talks about this. It says, sometimes making the word of God of no effect through what? Through tradition, which you have handed down, and, and many such things you do. By traditions. What, 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 what traditions? What, what, what things could? It could be weekly things. It could be monthly things. It could be Easter. Right? People showing up. Where's the hundred dollars under my seat? Right? I mean, listen to me. I, man, man, bunnies are cute, and chocolate is made of Jesus. Come on, somebody, right? We love chocolate, right? But listen to me. Little Jesus-shaped chocolates. Come on, somebody. Right? Chocolate, chocolate's so good. Chocolate's so good. But listen to me. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. Because there are people that are looking for purpose. There are people that are looking for meaning. There are people that are looking for fulfillment in their life. And they look in so many places. And, and, and it's sad to say that sometimes church is the last place. But maybe there's a reason for that. But they go throughout life and they're looking for fulfillment. Maybe they try to find that fulfillment in a career path. And so they pursue the career only to find that they still feel empty no matter how far down that path they get. Maybe they set a financial goal thinking if I have X amount in the bank, man, and I have this and I have that and I have a home and this, man, I feel fulfilled in my life only to do those things. And no matter what the bank account looks like, they still feel empty inside. Maybe it's in relationship and they look for fulfillment through relationship and all of a sudden they've been on one wife and then they, they go to a second wife and then they go to a third wife and now they're on the fourth wife and all I can say is may the fourth be with you. What? It just, it just came on the spot, sorry. And they try to find fulfillment 
in relationship, only to find themselves still completely empty. It's a good idea. It's a philosophy. Maybe they try to find fulfillment in, 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 and they find themselves in addiction to substance and only to realize that that just drained them more and more and more. And yet when they walk into the church, if we're not careful, we look exactly like what Paul is warning them to not look like because they walk into the church hoping to find substance, hoping to find meaning, hoping to find fulfillment, but instead they find a bunny suit with chocolates rather than Jesus Christ. They walk in and they think there's not much difference here. And if we're not careful, if the church is not careful, is somebody with me today? Remember, he's writing to believers. He's saying, guys, be careful because there are people that need substance. They need the real, so give them Jesus. Give them Jesus. See, see the problem is if we take our eyes off Jesus, who, by the way, is the author and the finisher of our faith, we, we set our eyes on him. He's the firstborn among many brethren. We need to look unto Jesus. We're look, if we take our eyes off of him, what happens is, is we begin to preach messages on marriage rather than preach what the Bible says about marriage. We begin to preach messages about money rather than what the Bible says about money. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, it doesn't matter what passage we are preaching from. The focus is on him, and as your focus is on him, man, everything else will begin to fall in order and make sense in your life. Got to stay focused. How do, I, how do I stay focused on Jesus? I love it because he actually gives us how we stay focused on Jesus. Are you with me this morning? This, 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 this whole thought is right here in these verses. He says, guys, don't, don't be taken captive. Now, what, what a great reminder for Easter Sunday. Don't be taken captive. First and foremost, remember Jesus. This is who he is. The whole passage is broke down, and he says, this is who Jesus is. He is, he is God incarnate in the flesh. Jesus really is the way, the truth, the life. He is the head over every ruler and authority. Did you see it in there? He's the ruler over, over every other ruler. He's the head over every ruler and authority. In other words, he's the top dog. Man, no one trumps Jesus. This is who Jesus is. Man, Colossians 1, 15 through 17, if we were to go back, it says he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. Man, something powerful happens when you keep your eyes on Jesus. Church, do not be taken captive. Do not be bound by philosophies, good ideas, Deceit, traditions. Keep your eyes on, on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And then he goes on and he says, remember Jesus, this is what he did. Here's who Jesus is. Now, now look what he did. He took the requirements that were against you and I and he put them on himself. And not only did he erase sin, he erased the debt that was there as well. But listen to me, because I think, I, you know, I, 
here, here Paul is reminding the church, probably not many years after this actually took place. But, but when you think about the day of his crucifixion, see, we, we, we now know that Easter's coming. This is still fresh to them and new to them. And they've got, they got to process this whole, whole thought. But yet you and I know because we have the entire text. And I think sometimes, though, we can, we can just write the cross off as, thank you for the cross. Man, my sins are forgiven. I don't have to die. But we forget that somebody did. We forget that somebody did. His name is Jesus. That, 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 that should have been me. That should have been you. But Jesus said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that which is written against you, and you can go ahead and put it on, on me. And we just started thinking about how can we, how can we just embody that here as a, as a church and as a community and we have these crosses in the lobby, and we're going to have to be there the whole entire series. And I know I took place in this, and I just wrote down some things. I said, Jesus, I'm so thankful you took this from me. And I know you're thinking, oh, man, long ago. Maybe, no, maybe even this week. I'm so glad that my sins are forgiven. And so if you want to take part in that, there's some pens out. You just write it down and just, just as a way of remembering, because somebody died. And it wasn't you. It was Jesus. He took it. And he nailed it, but listen to him, it wasn't an it that was nailed, it was a him that was nailed. Because he took it upon him south and willfully chose to die on the cross himself. John 15, 13 tells us that no one has greater love than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus did that for us. This is who he is. This is what he's done. And he goes on to say, and this is what it means for you, church. This is what it means for you. You're no longer captive. You're no longer bound. You're no longer living without purpose. You don't have to be taken captive. It means you're free. It means you're his. It means you have purpose. It means you have authority. It means you never have to go down that road again because Christ Jesus has risen. You and I can rise knowing that the sin is gone, knowing that the debt is paid, and knowing that I never have to come under the power and the hold of the enemy ever again because Easter is here and Jesus is alive so I can rise and have a brand new life in him. This is who he is. This is what he's done. And this is what it means for you. And so today we can celebrate Easter, Resurrection Sunday. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you for your word that not only ministered through the writing of Paul, many years ago, but God, we thank you for your word that ministers to us today and reminds us what Easter is all about. Church, do me a favor, stand to your feet. Reminds us what Easter is all about. It's all about Jesus. It's all about who he is. It's all about what he did. And it's all about what it means to us now. Don't be taken captive. Don't be led astray. Don't stop too soon. There's something on the other side. How oh, there's victory. There's hope. 
There's life. There's power. There's forgiveness. There's healing. Hallelujah. 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 With every eye closed and every head bowed on this beautiful Easter Sunday. With every eye closed and every head bowed, you're here today. And maybe you just need to be reminded or, or maybe you're far from him. Today's your day to step into a new life with Jesus. And so here on this day, you're here in this place and you heard the message. He's taken it upon himself. He's taken it upon the cross. And you're here and you need Jesus in your life. You need to surrender him. You need to say yes to him. You need that forgiveness and that, that, that cleansing of power to flow over you. You're here right now. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If that is you, I want to give you the opportunity to, re to respond right where you're at. On the count of three, if that is you, I want you to shoot your hand in the air. One, come on, Jesus loves you. He's got an incredible plan for you. Two, don't let this moment pass you by. One, two, three, shoot your hand in the air right now. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. Lift your hand high. Thank you. Come on, hands somewhere else. Come on. Come on, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Here's what we're going to do. There was many hands that went up, and in just a moment, as we dismiss the service, we're going to have some of the pastors up here. There was a ton of people that responded in the first, and I believe that your moment is right now. And So we'll have some pastors up here for you. We'll pray for you right now, but if you said yes to Jesus today, and you're saying, I need him, and you're going to pray this prayer with us in just a moment, we'd love to meet you up here, shake your hand, and give you some information how you can take your next step. So right now, let's just pray this prayer together, especially if you raised your hand. Say, Jesus, come on, church. Everybody together, especially if you raise your hand. Say, Jesus, I love you, and I believe in you. I believe you are the Son of God, and that you died on the cross for my sins. So right now, I surrender my life to you. I give you all of my sins all of my iniquities. Thank you, Jesus, for taking them from me. And thank you, Jesus, for rising again so that today I can rise and have brand new life in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. Give God some praise right now. There's somebody that said yes to Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a, just as we close out the service, I just feel like um you got to hear this today because the same grace that saves you is the same grace that can heal you. And because of what Jesus Christ did, the writer talks about it. He says, look, he didn't just wipe away the sin. He didn't just take away the debt. He publicly humiliated principalities and powers. He publicly humiliated the work of the enemy and the results of sin. And I believe there's just some people in here today that you've been battling some health issues. Some of it's physical health issues, some of it's emotional health issues, and some of it's mental health issues. And Jesus would want you to know today that he has taken that as well. And you don't have to walk out of here walking out still fighting that. Whether it is physical, whether it is emotional, whether it is mental, come on, the power of the cross heals. The power of the cross brings healing. The grace of Jesus Christ. Right now, God, I thank you that there is a grace here to heal.
And I pray for those that would be in this service right now. God, that would be battling sickness, whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, whether it be mental. I thank you that your grace is sufficient for every area of our life. And I pray that you would touch them right now in Jesus' mighty name. Do me a favor. Come on, with eyes closed and heads bowed, if that is you and you need healing in your body, no one's going to know which one it is, but you need healing in your body. You need healing in your emotions. You need healing mentally. Come on, just reach out right now and begin to grab hold of that. I believe that right now the grace of Jesus is here to heal you right now. It is yours. It is yours because he said it's yours. It is yours because he gave it to us. So right now we pray for healing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. If you raise your hand for either of those, I need Jesus or I need healing. We'll be up here for a little while. Love to pray for you. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. Happy Easter. Go celebrate with friends and family and keep Jesus at the center. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.